This morning I'd like to think about the uh, aspect of relationships. And, uh, you know, relationships are only one of the ships we meet and encounter on the Sea of Life. Uh, there are many other ships, friendships, uh, kinships. I'd like to talk about relationships. And I don't know if you remember uh, where I may have gotten this, this thought from. I've been thinking about it. I already alluded to it before uh, when Brother Lyndon Hartman was here. One of the statements he said was, he said, relationships are the most valuable thing we have. I, I guess I've been thinking about that since that, uh, meditating on that and thinking about that. And so that was the, uh, the springboard for my thoughts this morning. There's relationships in, first of all, in our homes. Uh, we saw that in the Sunday School lesson very, very beautifully. Uh, we saw the uh, relationship between uh, Naomi and Ruth and her other daughter-in-law, Orpah, and uh, you know, very strong relationship, which is I, th- I thought that was very impressive. Uh, you know, there's relationships in the churches, there's relationships in communities. Uh, so relationships are, are something that we we deal with daily, and. Uh, I believe, I, I concur with Brother Lyndon that relationships are a very, very valuable asset to our lives, generally speaking. Uh, there's community relationships, there's spiritual relationships, there's social relationships. And uh, as I thought about the broad spectrum of relationships, uh, matter of fact, I, I thought it was interesting uh, that our, in our statement of beliefs and practices, the ordinances that we keep as a church... We have seven ordinances that we keep as a church. Those seven ordinances are uh, would uh, deal with are linked to relationships. Uh, I mentioned spiritual relationships, and you know our relationship to God is probably the single one most important relationship we can establish in our lifetime. A relationship to God that uh, vertical relationship with God is something that's going to impact the horizontal relationships that we encounter throughout our sea of life, our lifetime. My relationship to God, and again, that was played out in our Sunday school last night. I, I'm of the opinion that I think uh, Neoma had a very strong faith in God. She wanted to go back to what she knew was, was better. And uh, we see the fruit of, of following through on that commitment. Going back to the the statement of our uh, our. Uh, Ordinances that we observe as a church, the idea of baptism, you know, that's a relationship. It's, it's, a, it's a visible identity of being brought into a relationship with God, brought into the family of God, a relationship. You become sons and daughters. You have committed yourself to be a follower of Jesus. And that outward symbol of baptism by the pouring on of water would, would symbolize that you are in a relationship with God and also a local body of believers the aspect of communion, which we just observed here uh, recently. You know, that's, that's a relationship, again, with God as well, but also as a body of believers. Uh, we observe the ordinance of feet washing, foot washing. Again, that's the, uh, that's the aspect of relationship, me serving you as a body of believers in humility and service. I'm, I'm, available, of ser- I'm available to be of service to you. As a body of believers, Mark talked about that. You know, we bring many different components to the body. 
we're put together with all our different unique uh, personalities and, and, and try and bond a relationship. You know, it, it takes the grace of God to do that. And we need to realize that uh, the devotional veiling is on the sister's site would have the idea of, of the relationship to God and man as well. Not that man is superior than woman, we are equals, but it's a, an outward symbol of, of a relationship to God. The idea of the holy kiss is, a, is the scripture uses the, ad, the uh, expression of fervent charity. And it's used five times in the scripture. I, I really couldn't have said it was that many times, but the, the ordinance of the holy kiss is, is uh, instructed or talked about at least five times. And again, that's a relationship that we have fervent charity one for another. The sixth ordinance, that of anointing with oil, again, that's between God and man, but yet man is used to administrate it. You think of, of these different ordinances, you know, those first six for sure. Maybe you could attempt to observe them yourself if you wanted to, but, you know, you'd be hard-pressed. I'd say it'd be very empty. Uh, for the most part. Then, of course, the seventh ordinance that we keep is the, the ordinance of marriage, and that is, is a very, very horizontal relationship as well, but it also has some, some vertical dimensions to it, as, as we, we believe that the marriage should be only in the Lord, and uh, both have to be believers and followers of Jesus Christ. As I thought about the, the different dimensions of relationship and uh, you know where to start and where to stop, I turned to the book of James, and you can turn to the book of James. There's, there's seven, seven pillars that I think we can use in the scripture here that are given to us from God to build strong relationships, irregardless whether they're social, whether they're spiritual, uh, whether they're family. These seven pillars are, are principles that we can use and hold on to to build, make our relationships what they ought to be. And if there's, if there's one thing that I want you to take home with you today, uh, I know human nature well enough that in any relationship, oftentimes our focus, you know, is out here. Okay, what could, you know, how much could it be, how much better could it be if somebody else was just a little bit different? I like to suggest that our focus is rather looking at myself this morning and, and saying that I want to be the best person I can be in any relationship. And I think that changes the whole dynamics of, of how we get along. So if you take anything home this morning from here, I'd like you to focus on being the best person you can in any relationship rather than focusing out there. Rather focus at myself or yourself. Looking at the book of James chapter 3, verse 17 is where I, I take these seven principles from. Verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Those are, in that verse, are seven pillars that you can build your relationships on. The first one that I want to look at is the idea of pure uh, a pure relationship, I think, will always have the other person's interest at stake. I'm always, as I, as I build relationships, I'm not, you know, again, human nature, we tend to look, what can I get from it? What can that person contribute to my life? But rather, have that other person's interest always, that other person's best interest at stake as you 
relate to one another, whether it's community, whether it's uh, uh, family. Always have the other persons. Keep that in focus as you develop a relationship. Keep it pure. Something that is pure is usually uh, of premium quality, from, from chocolate to gold. Uh, it's, it's a premium quality. And uh, I thought it was impressive to realize that as, as I think about the aspect of pure and bi- building our relationships around that premises of, of keeping them pure, what God wants them to be, the New Testament, Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, in the Beatitudes, he says, Blessed are the pure in heart. Uh, you know, this will come through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We can only be purified through a, a relationship with God. God does the purifying in our hearts. Naturally speaking, our hearts are, are, are condemned. We cannot determine uh, in our own strength. We cannot in our own ability uh, you know, purify our own hearts. It's only through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ that our hearts can be made pure. So purity only comes about through a relationship with Christ. And again, I said, as that takes place in our experience, that can flow out in a horizontal way to the other relationships that we encounter. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 22 says, Keep thyself pure in all relationships. So regardless what the relationship is, we are to always, that needs to be the, the overshadowing uh, foundational premises in which we relate to one another. Uh, Titus 1, verse 15 tells us that unto the pure, all things are pure. When I think of that verse, I think of freedom in a relationship. Uh, you know, there's, there's freedom in that purity in, as we relate to one another. Unto the pure, all things are pure. And again, that has to take place through our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, a relationship that has... Uh, Purity, as and I thought of steel. You know, we, we, we sometimes talk about. Uh, I was I was doing a little research yesterday on. Uh, I would don't want to bore you with all the uh, different alloys and and steel composites, but uh, you know, a, a, a relationship that has purity is, is has strength, and I like to think about that as as steel, perhaps our relationships, and that purity is is what really gives it its strength, and. Uh, and a relationship that has purity, I believe, as its standard, will be strong. It will endure. It won't be uh, easily distorted and, and bent. Now, I realize there's, I used to buy steel for the company I worked for, and there was uh, the machine shop. They want oil-hardened, air-hardened, water-hardened steel. And, uh, you know, there was all kinds of different analysis that they, they requested sometimes, you know, depending on what they were doing with it, the machinability of it and stuff like that. And yet the durability of it, when they, when they kiwi, cut kiwis into it or, or ground teeth in it, milled teeth in it, I guess would be the proper term. But, uh, you know, a relationship that has purity, I believe, will have strength and will be enduring, will be lasting. That, to me, is a foundational. And I think it's interesting that it's listed as the first pillar of uh, our relationships as we relate to one another. Well, going to the second one, the idea of being peaceable. I think of, when, I, when I think of peaceable, I think of something that is comfortable and unthreatening. Uh, and as I look into your faces this morning, I don't see anybody that looks threatening. 
uh, or else you're hiding it behind a smile perhaps, but uh, comfortable and threatening. And again, peaceable goes back to the Beatitudes where Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 was, was seemingly establishing some new principles for the, the, the believers and followers of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 5 verse 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. You and I this morning are to be emulators of that peace. Uh, we are called to be propagators of peace in this world today. And unfortunately, uh, you know, it, it doesn't always play out that way, uh, unfortunately and sadly. And I have to conclude that if it isn't that in your experience this morning, you need to look at your connection with the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. We are to be peaceable. That's the second pillar we need to be building our relationships on. Purity and then peaceable. Romans chapter 12 verse 18 says, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Now, we read that and we say, Okay, how much is it possible to live peaceably with all men? I had a man doing some work at my place the other day and he was telling me that he... He said, I moved from the other side of town. He was telling me about some of the problems he was having with his farm there. And he, was, he said, I moved from the other side of town. I was kind of from out of the area. And he said, uh, I've got some neighbors that kind of look at me a little bit strange. And uh, they're making it difficult for me. Uh, they're squealing on some of the things that he didn't think were, uh, were in violation to envir environmental issues. And uh, I listened to him. I don't know if they're true or not, but uh, be that as it may. Uh, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Now, that doesn't say it won't take effort. It may take effort to live peaceably with all men. It may mean going the second mile. It may mean uh, giving up what you feel are some of your rights legally. We are to live peaceably with all men. It may mean going out of our way and going that second mile that Jesus lived in his earthly ministry many times. You know, one of, one of the memories I have, uh, first of all, this is one of the memories of my mom, and I've said this before, you know, she was always ready to give the other person the benefit of the doubt. And I try and always do that. I, I don't probably, I know I don't. But another memory that came back to me as I was preparing for this was, uh, I don't know how old I was, probably eight or ten. Uh, there was a man, I suppose today in our, in our terminology, we'd probably call him a consultant, Mark. Uh, but he was an oil field man, perhaps. He, he had something to do with the chicken industry. And my father had worked with this man. His, I, I couldn't remember his first name, but I know his last name was Mr. Livingood. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Mr. Livingood. Anyway, he, uh, my father had worked with him earlier. I, I had never met him before. I didn't remember him, but uh, through my father always raised chickens. And this man was here. We were doing some... Uh, garden produce out in the yard. I don't know where what we're doing, but we were all there together in the yard, and my brother-in-law had some chickens, and as Mr. Livingood came to do something with my brother-in-law's chickens, and he saw us sitting there. Of course, he came over. He hadn't seen my dad for, I don't know how many years, probably 10 years, and they got to visiting and, and, and talking, and, and uh, he pulled up a chair and sat down there in the shade with us, and, and you know, they ever have a good time. I could tell they, they valued each other's friendship. And what I remember is, as they naturally talked, you know, things went from natural things to spiritual things. And this man was not, uh, I, I, as I remember, he, was a, he would have probably been a professing Christian, but he was not of the Mennonite persuasion. And, you know, as they got into spiritual things, they talked about pros and cons, and one would say one thing and another would say another thing. And, you know, they were kind of back and forth and debating, you know, 
pros and cons of the different uh, applications and beliefs and practices. And, and, you know, I was just as a young boy listening to that. And uh, what impressed me was, you know, when they separated, they were just as good of friends as what they were when they came, even though they didn't agree on everything. When they separated, and I remember my father, uh, particularly uh, after he was gone, he said, well, that was, that was an interesting visit. That was, he enjoyed that. And, uh, you know, I could tell their friendship was just as strong, even though they did not agree on all the aspects and applications of Bible truth. And uh, to me, that's, that's an impressive uh, uh, example of living peaceably with all men. Uh, do I think everybody has to think like I think? I hope not. Uh, well, coming to the third pillar that I think we need to build our relationships with, that is the idea of gentleness. Uh, the NIV uses the word consideration. You know, we all like that ingredient when we relate to one another. We like to be given consideration. Uh, you know, it kind of takes the edge off of things when we realize that, okay, that person's giving me recognition. Uh, Consideration. Uh, it's interesting to notice in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it mentions gentleness as a fruit of the Spirit. Can I have gentleness without an infilling of the Spirit of God? Probably not to the dimension that it takes to maintain all the relationships that you will encounter in life. You may, in your own strength, have a, a, a dimension of gentleness. But I like to say that if you have an infilling of God's Spirit within you, and that gentleness is the fruit of that Spirit, you'll have it beyond measure. And you'll not exhaust it regardless who of difficulty God brings into your life. And that to me is, is, is very precious. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 24 says, The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle to all men. So right there, that's laying it pretty clear. We need to be gentle always. It's always right to be gentle to all men. Having the virtue of gentleness, I believe, makes for smooth relationships. No surprises. Sometimes we, we, we are on the sidelines, and I've observed this already. Uh, you know, uh, you, you're, you're observing two people maybe communicating, and, you know, after a bit, the one just erupts. He blows up in a certain sense, and that's the expression we would use. And, uh, you know, whatever that other person did, you know, was a straw that broke the camel's back. And finally he's had enough of it, and he's done with it, and he erupts. No surprises. I believe we need to be always gentle. You know, the opposite of being gentleness is reactionary, I believe. And we never want to go there in any relationship when we become reactionary. You know, that's, that's counterproductive. Uh, it's going to produce fruit that is, is, is bitter and sour. When you think of gentleness, it produces something that is, is, is so much more blessed. The fourth pillar that I want to look at there in verse 17, it says, easy to be entreated. Well, relationships are a two-way street. I can't, I can't deny that. It's not, it's not just what I give to you or what you give to me, but you know, there, that's the value of relationships, really. Uh, you know, others have a view of me that I need to see, and you need to be free. I need to be easily entreated as you share that view of me sometimes. Uh, conceitedness is a threat to any relationship. You know, I think I've got it all together. 
And I really don't need your perspective of my life or what you see in my life. Easy to be entreated. You know, after all, you might just be right. And I need to accept it that way. Easy to be entreated. Do I recognize my need and dependence of your input in my life? It's a pillar in relationships. We need that. That's one of the blessings and values of relationships. You know, the mutual two-way sharing back and forth. Uh, you know, we don't like when people just flatter us. It's, it's all right to give a word of encouragement. It's all right to tell people their good points. Uh, you know, we, we like that and we appreciate that. But, you know, there are, we need to be in honesty sometimes. If they ask us, okay, how do you see it? We need to be honest with them. Well, the fifth pillar, full of mercy. When I think of uh, being full of mercy, I think of abundance. Uh, without measure, not keeping track. Uh, am I full of mercy? Again, that, that dimension of mercy or that virtue of mercy, I believe, comes from a realization that I have been a recipient of God's mercy in my life. And as, as God uses us in our horizontal relationships one with another and among each other, we need to be dispensers of that mercy. And again, this pillar goes back to the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful. God expects us to be propagators again of that virtue of mercy. And we need to do that. Luke chapter 6, verse 36 says, Be ye therefore merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Um, again, it gives us a connection to our spiritual Father. If we are merciful. Where would any one of us be this morning without the mercy of God? Again, it should be a, a, a prompt to, to, as we relate with one another in a horizontal way, to be dispensers of mercy. We want to receive mercy. We need to show it. We may not be recipients of it and now in, the life, in this life, but God sees and knows. You know... And by me saying that, I'm saying we need to be dispensers of mercy regardless whether people show mercy to us. But I'm convinced that God sees and knows when we are dispensing that mercy. And uh, ultimately, I believe the reward is in eternity. Again, I need to ask myself, do I show mercy in my relationships? The sixth pillar of that will build strong relationships is that of good fruit. Uh, again, that's a blessing of relationships. Uh, you know, the fruit that comes from relationships. Uh, it develops friendships. We, we like that social interaction. God created the social beings. Uh, I was trying to think if there's... I don't really know any hermits. Uh, are there any happy hermits? I don't know. I have to think that one through some more, I guess. I'm going off on a side trail here. But uh, good fruits. Uh, I like to say that good fruits don't happen naturally. You know, at least I haven't found it that way. I don't, I don't, I don't care what the good fruits are. It takes effort. And neither will good relationships just happen. I don't think so. It's going to take effort. We need to work at establishing good relationships. A relationship that has good fruits is going to take effort. Uh, 
well, we need to do the proper preparation. There takes good seed. Uh, you need to remove the weeds. You need to cultivate. You need to nourish it. Those are all things that, that play into relationship, okay? There may be some things that are negative in a relationship. You've got to get rid of those things, the weeds. Uh, you've got to replace it with something good that's productive. Uh, you know, relationships can go sour. That's an expression we sometimes use. We, we say, in a, well, that relationship went sour, or that relationship went south. Uh, you know, it's a relationship that has deteriorated. And uh, so, you know, relationships do take effort, but they will bear good fruits if we are willing to accept the challenge of, of, of cultivating and, and nourishing that relationship and taking the proper preparations. Uh, but through that, Relationships are meant to be a blessing. God, uh, God planned it that way, that we could interact with each other and, and be an encouragement to one another and, and strengthen each other and uh, help each other in whatever way possible. Well, the seventh pillar, I have those two without partiality and without hypocrisy. I have them two together because I think they're linked together. Actually, the NIV uh, really links them closer, impartiality and sincere. Uh, do we tend, naturally, we, we can sometimes be tempted to, tempted to put up fronts. And, uh, you know, there's no better place to do it than Sunday morning. Uh, you know, we, we sometimes put up fronts. Well, without partiality and without hypocrisy, uh, two things that I think we need to do, we need to practice a golden rule. And we need to remember that that God is not a respecter of persons. Every human being walking the face of the earth, and I appreciate what was shared about in the Sunday school class this morning. I, I think that's impressive to realize that God, I think it was Dwight shared about God looking on the hearts of men. And he knows their hearts. We don't know their hearts, but I, I believe it's challenging to realize that, that with the thought that God has died for every human being in the world today. And we need to look at them without partiality and without hypocrisy, without judgment. Again, uh, remember to practice the golden rule. That, that goes a long way in, in, in building a relationship. As I think about these seven pillars, you know, I need to ask myself, am I building my relationships using these seven pillars? Uh, relationships, we encounter them. And I'm not exactly sure how the Lord's going to lead. I may look at some of the other ships that we encounter in, in life. But uh, relationships are very foundational in, in our walk with the Lord, in our family ties, and even in our community ties. I, I think it's important that we, we make them what God intended them to be so that they can be a blessing to us in our, uh, in our time of life. Life is short, and... Uh, you know, I, I feel sad when I, I, I hear stories of, I don't know how many of you read the story, If You Leave This Farm. Anybody read that story? Very, very sad story about relationships. And, uh, you know, you, you feel sorry that there's relationships in this world and people that do not experience the blessing of, of good relationships. And uh, so I was challenged as I looked at these, these blessings these pillars, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits without partiality, without hypocrisy. May God help us to truly uh, exemplify and, and use those seven pillars in building our relationships. If it's possible, let's kneel for prayer.
morning. We want to thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you, Lord, for the Sunday school lesson. We learned some truths from it as we looked at those that are willing to follow your plan for their life. Even though things perhaps were not the way they should have been, Lord, there's, uh, we know that you can take those things that are less than what they ought to be and turn them into something that of honor and glory to you. And Lord, that can be our experience many times, too. We, we sometimes make choices and decisions, Lord, that are not what you would have. But uh, pray, Lord, as we see the error of our way that we could, uh, in surrender uh, and repentance, follow what the way you direct in our lives. Lord, as we think of our relationships, first of all, our relationship with you, Lord, pray that that relationship would be a relationship that we would guard with care. And uh, we could have a, each one of us here this morning could have a very, very close relationship with you. Thank you, Lord, for the peace and the joy that we can have from knowing you and for the redemption that was provided for mankind. Pray, Lord, for all our horizontal relationships, the families that are represented here in our community, Lord, that we could be uh, live in harmony and love. And uh, thank you, Lord, again for these blessings that we enjoy at your hand on a very practical way. And we know that in the world today there's many places where, where there is mistrust and evil and uh, people are ruthless and, and uh, are very, very callous to the very sacredness of life. And Lord, we pray that you would, uh, as there are believers in that area, that you would strengthen them and give them courage to follow you and trust you. Lord, again, we pray that you would take our lives and use them for your honor and glory as we relate to one another in a very practical way. In the name of Jesus, we pray.